0: Welcome to the Soul Traveler podcast, an exploration of conscious living with your host, Jennifer Mitchell of The Soul Experience. Join Jennifer as she explores the quantum realms of the subconscious mind and all aspects of spirituality. Driven by curiosity and a thirst for knowledge, topics will stretch the boundaries of your imagination and revive your mind, body, and soul.
1: Hello, hello, Soul Travelers. I am here today with Kurt Johnson, who is a Law of Attraction master and who's on a mission to reshape lives through a holistic approach. Welcome to the show, Kurt. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
1: Yes. I'm so excited to chat with you today. I'm going to talk all about Twin Flames, talk about the Law of Attraction and all kinds of fun stuff. So I'd let me get started, though, and tell listeners a little bit maybe about your journey and what got you started in this line of work that you're in today.
2: Well, I would take you back to when I was about four or five years old, when I had my first out-of-body experience. And of course, I was terrified because I didn't know what was happening. And I was only five. Wow. But now I know what it is. And being visited by physical angels, which is Pretty unusual for a five year old. It is something probably many of your listeners have Mm -hmm. experienced or other kind of paranormal phenomenon. Maybe not necessarily angels or ghosts, but still five. Yeah. That's pretty early. So, this ultimate reality, if you want to call it that, has always been a part of my life. And of course, I've gone through all the usual ups and downs that everybody else has in spite of everything that took place in the earlier part of my life. I found myself in my 30s trying to plug into the matrix, if you will, doing the get married, get a job, climb the corporate ladder, get the 2.5 kids, whatever. And that's what I was doing. And that's when instead of spiritualism just being something which was shown to me, From a very early age, it's something that emerged from me, Mm. if you will. And this classical type of forced spiritual awakening experience taking place in my late 30s brought me to where I am now. I find myself living a completely different life than the life I was living seven, eight years ago.
1: Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Society likes to program us that we're supposed to follow this very specific and certain path. I used to be in the banking industry and was yep. a senior executive. And...
2: I was in banking too.
1: We could talk about that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I prefer not to. I'm right. so glad I'm out of that. I was miserable during that period of my life, but I thought that's what you know we were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I find it so fascinating that you saw a ghost when you were a child because I had a really similar experience. I actually think I was quite a bit younger, but I remember so clearly that my crib it was in my crib. So it's definitely younger. was right by a window and the window was open and a ghost flew in my window and it just said, it's going to be OK. Stop crying. And then it flew right out my window. Mm-hmm. I remember those so Clearly, And of course, then that freaked me out. And I remember screaming my head off. And <laughs> you know,
2: that's the kind of thing, though, like you're scared when you're a little kid like that. It's scary. But that's the kind of thing that you never forget. Mm-mm. And that's probably why that happened, because whoever is watching over us, yeah. they know that you're going to remember that later in life. Mm-hmm. And that's I look at that like it's empirical evidence. Like you're not going to tell me that these types of things don't exist because I've seen them. Yeah. That's proof.
1: It is proof. And that message resonates with me now. It's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. You're right. I do remember yep. that years later. I never actually thought of it that way. Maybe it was mm-hmm. just a message to carry on throughout my life. Well,
2: and that's that's exactly what happened to me when I was visited by angels, five years old. It came at a moment where for the first time, I felt a very deep sense of hopelessness.
1: Mm.
2: That's a pretty heavy emotion for a Mm five-year-old. It is. And that's when the angel appeared and they left me a feather. And I had that feather all the way into high school. So I was old enough to be cognizant of the reality of that experience. No, I'm not making this up. I still have this damn feather.
1: Wow. That's amazing, actually. Do you have it still or did you lose it?
2: I think my mom might have tossed it by accident when she was cleaning one day.
0: Yeah. Uh, But there's
2: other things. For example, I've got a friend who, like us, had his own forced spiritual awakening with the very drastic ego death Mm -hmm. or dark night of the soul. It's incredibly painful. You feel like... Your whole life is melting away. There's a deep sense of meaninglessness, hopelessness, sleepless nights, obsessive thinking. It's insane. They call that ego death. Same thing that happened to Eckhart Tolle. Mm -hmm. You come out of that experience completely transformed and all of these amazing gifts emerge and all this kind of stuff for him, of course, very intense intuition and third eye telepathy, which I've found oh. is less common in the people I work with, mm-hmm. does happen sometimes, but his is the at will. He's the kind of person you pay to talk to, like you pay to talk to a psychic mm-hmm. kind of thing. He's at that level. One one night, we were roommates, and this was maybe like a year after his awakening, And I went out partying. This was in my 20s. And he was being a little bit of a helicopter mom kind of thing at the time, right? 20s? (laughs) But it precipitated this very interesting event. I get home and laying on the floor is a yellow piece of lined notebook paper. And he wrote down everything that I said, every place I went. He wrote down stuff my friend was saying verbatim. And we were in another town. He had no idea where I was. And I still have that piece of paper to this day.
1: I don't know how I would receive that, especially at that age back then. I think it would have been a little bit confused as to how that happened. And that's so young too, to be so awake. But oftentimes when we go through trauma or or something like that, it, it cracks us wide open spiritually.
2: Well, there was that when I was young too. Yeah. It seems to be a thing for spiritual people.
1: Absolutely. I would definitely agree with that. Hey soul travelers, pardon the interruption, but I just have to tell you about quantum healing hypnosis because one session forever changed my life and now I'm living my purpose to help others just like you. I was so lost in my life and absolutely miserable in my career until I received the guidance needed from a higher self. Now I'm spreading awareness about the life-changing modality of quantum healing hypnosis. In one single session, we will spend the day journeying deep into your subconscious mind, and unlock the hidden wisdom within. you revisit a past life, explore what your soul does between lifetime. Your subconscious mind will scan your body, looking for health concerns, and perform self-healing. They'll even connect directly to the Akashic Records so that you could get your most important life questions answered. Quantum healing hypnosis is absolutely nothing like a traditional hypnosis session. And you know that everything is 100% legitimate because nothing is being filtered through a third-party practitioner And your higher self will never misguide you. Your session is audio recorded so that you could listen back and play all of the advice that your higher self spoke to you under hypnosis. So if you're ready for personal growth and a positive change, then it's time to discover the essence of who you truly are. Book a session with me today at thesoulexperiences.com. Now back to the show. I would love to shift gears a little bit and talk about twin flames. You talk a lot about twin flames do they exist what is your take on that and what do you have to say is it true that you can find your ultimate soulmate
2: well yes they exist and the way i guess how i got here right so the accolades if you will that i've received is being the guy who cracked the code on twin flames i'm the world's leading twin flame coach just in numbers alone wow. how did i do it yeah. i looked at it very practically Mm -hmm. And scientifically, and I said, yeah, this is a real phenomenon, but when you come to understand what this really is, you're going to have to scuttle all kinds of mythology that's all over the internet Mm -hmm. about Twin Flames. (laughs) And that can be very disappointing for some people because they cling to this romanticized version of Twin Flames where you can't really tell the difference between Twin Flame and a soulmate. and soulmate is subjective it's could be a lover could be family it could be a pet it could be somebody who you've spent dozens of lifetimes with but at some point in your past in a past life we'll say in this example you guys chose to go through these experiences together over the course of several incarnations Twin flames are simultaneous incarnations of the same soul, however. So, just to put this into perspective, mm-hmm. let's say you had knowledge of who you were in a previous life, your past life, which is a thing, by the way. I could share stories with you.
1: I'm a past life regressionist, actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, there I you
2: go. Yeah. <laughs> so, you have that information and a time machine. You go back, you meet whoever that person was. It's the exact same thing. It's you in another body. Mm -hmm. Here's another way of looking at it. What if people could live for 500 years like they used to in the book of Genesis, right? Yes. Well, you would have six twin flames, which, again, scuttles even the term twin flame, Mm -hmm. which I don't have anything against the term. It was somebody's attempt to explain what's going on years ago. And... To really get what this is, is to release separation consciousness, Mm -hmm. where you view this person as another. Because again, what if people lived to be 500 years? You'd have six of these people around. Yeah. So it's not, oh, there's this one special person and they're my twin flame. No, they're you, literally you. Having an experience in another body. Now, the thing that causes the mythology, the belief systems around twin flames, is the very drastic and life changing, paradigm shifting experience after meeting you in another body. So it's your own soul's energy. It triggers the breakdown of your ego mind. The Mm -hmm. ego mind is a collection of retained thought and emotional patterns, the personality. And again, ancient Zen spiritualism, it's been referred to as the separate self. Rupert Spira, he refers to it that way all the time. Eckhart Tolle Mm -hmm. points out the ego perceives everything as separate from it. There's that word, separate. And you'll find that lingo being used in the Twin Flame community online, but it's like a game of telephone because what I've noticed is people don't really know why they're using that lingo. They just do it. It's like monkey see, monkey do. But what it's really talking about is a state of consciousness where you perceive this person as separate from you. That's the ego mind. Mm-hmm. And when you meet them in the flesh, and I've even had people just meet online, students of mine, just meet, they've never met them in person, but it triggers this ego death, also referred to as Dark Night of the Soul, where you, if you think of that scene from Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters, where there's the gargoyle on the front of the building. Oh,
1: yeah. No. Mm-hmm. And
2: then, like, cracks form on the gargoyle, and light comes mm-hmm. spewing out from between the cracks. That's like your ego death because the ego is being broken down and broken apart. And it is really painful. It is. It's like the worst thing that's ever happened to you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But if some outside observer was to look at you from the outside, they would say, well, I don't really see any change in your life situation. That's not it. Yeah. It's all energetic. Yes. It's an awakening process, and it's you being awakened by you.
1: It's absolutely like mind-bending, mind, just the whole concept of it. And I'd like to go back and touch on one thing, a couple of things that you said. First and foremost, I love that you brought the fact that you did the research and you looked into it scientifically because I'm a very logical person. And I think that oftentimes people who are in spirituality, that we get branded by a society as like, we're crazy or that we're woo-woo. Oh, yeah. But that's not the case. Many of us who are in this field of work or who are going through these awakenings, like we're logical people. We're just everyday people. So mm-hmm. I love the fact that you base everything off of science. Now, I do have a question note as well about twin flames, and I understand, too, to the point because our soul is one, but we do shatter into various personalities is what I find through my life, through my work as past yep. life regression, is that the soul is always consistently the same. We have multiple personalities, and that could be happening in the quantum simultaneously. Yep. But one thing that maybe you can expand on is there's billions of people in this world. So how do we find... Our twin flame, out of all these billions of people, are we like attracted to them somehow energetically? Have you looked into that? Or how would you explain that?
2: I just want to say first, you don't want to meet your twin flame.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Trust me.
1: And Why would you say that? Why not?
2: Um, I mean, there's other ways to awaken spiritually. Yeah. You can just choose to do that. Mm-hmm. You can just embrace yoga and meditation and these types of things. This is more like a being chosen. You don't just go out and find your twin flame. Your soul is coordinating the whole thing for you. I don't know if there's an answer to the question mm-hmm. that you would find satisfactory because again, cuz here here's the other thing about twin flames too. Simultaneous incarnations. Yeah. Is maybe a more empirical term. When the suffering ends, the very intense and long ego death process, which is horrible, I can't emphasize that enough, it's really bad, when that ends and the awakening begins, you transform fundamentally. Consciousness Mm -hmm. explodes, all of the amazing spiritual gifts come out, etc. Now, if you take your focus off the person and you instead... Remember who you are as the focus itself, the consciousness, the self. If that is what you are up to, at some point, the person comes back. And when the running and chasing stops, there's no romance. That's the biggest myth Mm
0: -hmm. about
2: Twin Flames is that it is a romantic relationship Here's the thing about it. The soul, which is primarily, and especially from our perspective as a mortal living in density, the soul would be complete non-duality consciousness, right? So because it's non-duality, your experience with this other you (laughs) is not pleasure, but it's not pain either. Pleasure. Pain, duality, that's the yin and yang symbol, right? That's the Mm -hmm. alpha and the omega. And in science, they call it relativity. And you touched on something else too that stems from the theory of relativity, which is that past and future happen simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Albert Einstein, those are his words. Yeah. Those are his words. So would you want to meet them? And this is a question that I have to pose to my students When you get out of the addictive phase, you're pining for the person, you'll do anything to be with them. When you move past that is when they stop running and then you find, wait, it's not like soulmates? No, it's not. It's not romantic. Now, what it might look like, the doing, Mm -hmm. there could be holding hands. Hugging, kissing, sleeping together, going on dates, living together. I've got students that are married to their twin, to their other self, as we wow, call that,
1: it. That is mind baffling thinking about it that way, but it's interesting.
2: There's no, it's not like a conventional soulmate yeah. relationship where you feel an emotional connection, mm-hmm. no connection. Because for there to be emotion, there has to be other. So the separate self, the ego mind, is externalized. All emotions are directed outwardly, even empathy, which is a beautiful emotion. And I'm not saying emotions are bad or useless or anything like that. That's just what they are. They are externalized experiences. This is just I am. That's all. So the question is, if you could meet your twin flame, which it doesn't really work that way. It's like you're chosen. But even Mm -hmm. if you could, would you want that? Because most people, what they're looking for in a relationship is a connection and an emotional experience.
1: Yes. Yeah, definitely. That's really like the definition of a relationship. I can't imagine being married to my twin flame. That's got to be, yeah, this has to be. It's
2: it's non-duality. Yeah. It's not pleasure, it's not pain, and this is the thing that people who are new to Zen spiritualism is that it is non-dual, it is non-duality. The mind is duality, and that's fine. Thoughts, emotions, wonderful, totally fine, but non-duality is the soul, consciousness, the source, the one, Mm -hmm. unity consciousness, and... The experience of enlightenment is not exotic as people would think because an exotic experience would be the positive end of the duality system of perception, emotion. There's a saying that I'm sure you've heard before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. So with your twin, which is this Mm -hmm. non-duality energy it's the soul. There's not pleasure and there's not pain. It's not an exotic experience like you could have, say, with what people call a soulmate. But it's, it, it is. it It's just isness with yeah. them, as would be expected. It's your soul.
1: It's really interesting hearing all of this because the internet would like you to think that it is your ultimate connection and it is your soulmate and you mentioned talking a little bit about soul contracts. I actually run across that in my work as a past life regressionist. There is a time after we go through the death experience under hypnosis. And we're in that in-between space. And the soul family will often come forward. And they will reveal themselves. And they'll talk about soul contracts. And so I always had the impression that you know, that soul family... And twin flame is a member of that soul family coming through to share this life with you. And again, I think that's just the internet putting a spin on it, or, or everybody mm-hmm. has a and and deep on it. Y-
2: you can even look at the lingo or the language that we use to explain things like that. Yeah. So for example, to say, oh, your twin flame is somebody who shares the soul family with you. But that's the thing, mm-hmm. is there's not other. There's just you. So there's not me and my twin flame. There's not two of you. There's only one.
1: So for listeners out there, and I want to make sure that I have a solid grasp on this, is it fair to say that it is your soul shatters split into dual personalities? Would that be like an easy way of...
2: It's no different than if you were to describe reincarnation Mm -hmm. In the most ordinary sense. yeah. Twin flames thus is not special. People want to separate it out and make it into this special thing. Oh, the soul splits. Mm -hmm. And we've been searching for each other. There's no each other. It's simultaneous incarnations of the same soul. So however you perceive the process of reincarnation. One tool that I use to explain it if people are curious and they want to see this thing Mm -hmm. there's a video on my youtube channel called what are twin flames and it's you got to find the newer one if you go to my true twin flame teachings playlist it's the second video i show in that video a diagram i finally figured out like a good way to explain this and what it is it looks like an octopus okay so there's like a big round head at the top of the diagram and a bunch of legs coming off of it. Each leg represents individual incarnations of your soul. And the leg furthest to the left, I just put the year 1770 and then the year 1880. And then there's two of them together at the bottom, Mm -hmm. two bottom legs, and it says present day. That's you and Mm -hmm. your twin flame. And then there's another leg going off to the right for your future reincarnation. Now, from the standpoint of your higher self all of those incarnations are happening simultaneously
1: yes and even
2: physics says that it would work that way it does actually follow the laws of physics so there's no perception of other insofar as again if you could live if we lived 500 years like they did in the old testament you would be able to talk to this person from the year 1880.
1: I love that analogy. It makes it so easy to explain. And I, I took a little note, so I'll definitely link that that on there so it's a second video on your playlist for listeners. Cool. And I know that you also work a lot with the law of attraction. So Is there an ultimate secret to the law of attraction? What is your take on that? What do you teach your students about it?
2: Consciousness is what causes and even science is pointing at that mm-hmm. if without getting overly technical, I can if you want. But there's a phenomenon in science called the collapse of the wave function
1: mm-hmm.
2: where it what appears to be going on is you either observe a particle stream, so you've got the scientist shooting like a stream of electrons at a plate, basically. And just by measuring it or observing it, do you change the particle stream from a wave to a solid object? And when I say wave, what I'm talking about is pure information. So there's no solid object forms, there's no particle, there's no electron. And this is very puzzling to a scientist. This was over 100 years ago when they observed this, and they still can't really explain it. Is an electron a wave of probabilities, or is it a particle? It depends on if you're looking. So even science has shown, conventional science, that observing the process changes the process. I've got some good news for your audience. Consciousness is pure being, Mm -hmm. It's that observer, yes, but the three-part triune being, body, mind, soul, the mind is the energetic component, which can be this or that. The soul is just being, the mind is being something. Yeah. Okay. So transforming your own personality is basically the core tenet of the law of attraction so Mm -hmm. we think right because what most people are thinking of is the end result which is how it transforms your personal reality so when you change your personality your personal reality will match and I, I think I got that from Joe Dispenza. You change your personality and you transform your personal reality. I love
1: that. And the, so easy to remember too. And it's true. It is. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's a nice little rhyme. It is. <laughs> so yes, it's very real. And again, even science is noticing, wait a minute, observing the process changes the process. Mm-hmm. So you're taking a particle from a wave of probabilities. Yeah. Yeah. So the universe is energy, primarily energy. You could think of it as the mind of God. That's literally what it is. But simply by reshaping and remolding the mind itself, which is to say what you are being, given time, your personal reality matches that energetically. And that's solid science. Yeah. Liking, like attracting. No,
1: there's also the law of assumption where you assume and you act as if, would you say that is a way to quantum jump? I know it's like a buzzword these days or to speed up the process of the law of attraction. Like when you act as if you technically everything is quantum We're we're already living that dream life somewhere. So what would you say is the difference or is there a difference between law of attraction and law of assumption?
2: I think of the law of assumption as a tool mm-hmm. that you can utilize to work with the law of attraction. So the law of attraction is already working. Yeah. It's always working. And as I point out in my, like my paid coaching, mm-hmm. the Manifest Your Dream Life, one of the first things that I teach is you want to know why the law of attraction is not working for you. Well, it is working. You just don't like what you are being, and again, it's this energy cloud, if you will, and that's literally what it is. Like aura seers, they can see an aura, right? Yeah. What that person is looking at is your mind. They're literally looking at your mind. My can see
1: auras. But sorry, side note: so I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're, it's real.
0: <laughs> and the
2: universe is a big aura too, mm-hmm. and it it will shape the reality around you to be an energetic match so what are you being Mm -hmm. what are you being so the law of assumption is where you reprogram that energy system of the mind the metaphysical Mm -hmm. mental emotional body the astral body the mind the personality you reprogram that energetically and eventually and this takes time and Sometimes no, I mean, you can say, for example, the law of assumption, you just start assuming you're going to win the lottery, right? And then you do, or you assume you're going to make a quick 10,000 bucks. Well, that sounds like a much easier goal to attain, to make yourself, to trick yourself into believing that you're going to get $10,000 out of nowhere for no reason. I think that's what you would call the law of assumption you're just assuming oh yeah i know what's going to happen and it even question it well that that's when it does happen but the bigger you go in scale goal wise they tend to take longer which is what i teach what's more instead of the quick 10,000 dollars it's well why don't you remake everything in your life and be a millionaire or manifest a big house or a completely different career or change your health like a big a paradigm shift in your life, yeah, which is self-mastery. So now you're reprogramming the personality to the point where getting a quick ten thousand dollars is something that happens weekly. <laughs>
1: And I do a lot of scripting, and one thing that I do with my scripting is I always write everything in the past tense. You no, know, I'm so happy and thankful, and that last week that X Y Z happened. So because when we write in the past tense, and we're we are in that mindset that it's already happened, it, and we're thankful, and we evoke the emotion that comes with that too. For me, like emotion is a really big part of a law of assumption and law of attraction. How do you think that plays or impacts the lack thereof or invoking the emotion, your big desire, your big outcome? everything. Yeah.
2: It's 98% of the mental component. And the reason I'm saying it like that is, mm-hmm. like I tell my students, 80 to 90% or more of your manifesting game is your Zen game. Because if, if there's no self-awareness, if there's no consciousness, which is the prime mover, consciousness is fundamental. The mental, emotional, and physical reality came from that. But once that's in place, and you have a lifestyle as a spiritual practice, or I should say a spiritual practice as a lifestyle, once that's in place, then yes, emotion is everything. Now, the conscious mind, I think of it as the gatekeeper to the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is emotion. It's the watery world of emotion. So using, for example, visualization techniques, which is the conscious mind, yes. that's 2% of the mental component. All that the universe is doing is matching your emotional state. It's like a big copy machine over and over again. So you're spot on. And again, this is why the law of assumption as a technique is so effective because you are emotionally under the assumption that something's going to happen. You really believe it at the emotional level. That is that auric energy field and you could think of your aura the subconscious energy field as like a internet router yeah right and it's <laughs> plugged into the network right mm-hmm. the network is the mental universe the field of infinite potential the divine matrix or as they call it in science the higgs field
1: mm-hmm. yes
2: so they know that there's something there and that it's pure information that's thought and emotion but yeah. How you integrate is emotion. Feeling is everything. I think it was Neville Goddard. Mm-hmm. You said feeling is the key, right?
1: It is, yes. I love Neville Goddard. <laughs> I could just talk to you for days and go on and on. <laughs> I just love talking about everything. And I love the scientific aspect too and how it really plugs in to all of this stuff that, that we're learning about right now. And a lot of it has been theories since Einstein. And like you said earlier, people,
2: yes. (laughs) There was something I was going to mention to you, something that you said at the beginning that triggered a thought in me, which is you were talking about how people have this perception that spiritual people aren't empirical. We are not scientific. We don't (laughs) care about data and proof and things like this. Mm -hmm. Nothing could be further from the truth. And by the way, when you look at the ancient spiritual teachings Say Hermetic philosophy, for example, perfect example. The like people, they wonder where all of the spiritual laws came from that you flirt with as a spiritual traveler, as a soul traveler. Yes. (laughs) Come across this information. Where did those things come from? They all have their roots in Hermetic philosophy. Okay. So just going back to that as your starting point, pre Egypt. Hermes Trismegistus, who apparently was the mentor for none other than Abraham, as in the biblical yeah, Abraham. Yeah, in the
1: biblical Abraham.
2: So these laws that Hermes observed and wrote about sound a lot like the things that quantum physics is uncovering today. Almost identical. And again, I could get into the weeds with you yeah. about the machinations of modern science and how it's identical. It is totally congruent to these ancient spiritual laws. So it's like science is just now catching up. Full circle. Spiritualism, actually. And they think your average scientist thinks that they're so smart and they're so clever and we just now figured it out and nobody's ever known this before. And all these spiritual masters are sitting <laughs> around looking at them going,
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> Oh my goodness, this is thousands of years old, these philosophies. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Like we're just coming full circle back to it or society is coming full circle back to it. Mm -hmm. But many of us just have this knowing about it, this inner knowing too.
2: Yeah, and it is cool Mm -hmm. to see science showing the things Mm -hmm. that it's showing. A simple example would be quantum entanglement. Oh, yes. We've been talking about how everything is connected for centuries, millennia. Everything's connected, yes.
1: and I actually see and I stumble across this a lot, Kurt. So when my clients are deep in quantum hypnosis, so we're con- and This is the reason why we call it quantum hypnosis. Is we go so deep that they don't understand time. First off, if I ask a time-based question, the response is very often, "I don't understand. What do you mean by that?" Because we're connected with this part of the mind that that is nowhere near this plane. Mm-hmm. But what's very interesting is that my clients will often tell me the exact same things verbatim under hypnosis because we are connecting, again, you know, quantum entanglement. You might say the same thing under hypnosis and six months later, somebody else will come and say, wait, didn't Kurt say that six months ago? And it's right. so interesting. Mm-hmm. I just love diving into that. And it a, a lot of it is, it's just, it, it all is the same. So we're all connected and we have access to this stream of consciousness. I like to think of our mind as almost like your phone, right? It's like the device that can connect to the cloud. Yes. Based stream of consciousness. No, that
2: is exactly how it works too, scientifically speaking. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a cloud of information and there are levels within levels. And by mm-hmm. the way, that's exactly how cloud storage works. There's like cloud <laughs> groups. Mm -hmm. And if you think of, if you want to try to understand how that would work, think of the ocean as all information or what you would call God, right? Or the all, right? All information. And each wave that ripples in and out of the ocean are individual humans incarnating and leaving Earth. Each wave that ripples in and out of the ocean is one life lived. But if you take a step back and you look at the bigger picture, one big cloud, Mm -hmm. one big thing, and it's because ultimately there's only one consciousness. Only one consciousness. Wow. We just appear as separate when we live down here in density. And the ego, again, they refer to it as the separate self. It's Mm -hmm. this externalized entity that feels separated from everything, but it's just an illusion.
1: It is. It gives me so much to just sit and ponder and think about for hours.
2: <laughs> and it does. You it's can relate this also, this analogy yeah. to the discovery of the Higgs boson particle, mm-hmm. how particles actually manifest out of a vacuum in space. That's what the Higgs boson particle is. That's what the Higgs field is. It's a a medium that allows other particles to manifest out of nothing. Kind of the same way that consciousness does, isn't it? It, mm. it is
1: just like consciousness. Nope. Yep. <laughs> I just loved chatting with you today. And I know that listeners are going to find so much value in this. What What's coming up next for you? Is there a project or anything that you're working on next?
2: Oh, yes. Uh, where so can I've listeners find you? Some very exciting things. I'm making a lot of headway. Mm-hmm. Um, With the manifesting teachings, that seems to be something that's growing quickly. Obviously, the people that I work with, they all awaken. And the first thing they realize is, hey, I'm a creator, right? So it only seemed logical for me to pivot into that Mm -hmm. so that I can offer some advice to them on that front. The next, I think, big project that's on my plate right now is the Twin Flame Phenomenon. It's a real paranormal phenomenon. It's not anything that's too far beyond the understanding that we already have about the process of reincarnation. But there are some very interesting um, observations to be made. So, for example, how consciousness polarizes and separates, like how separation happens, what is the metaphysical mechanism Mm -hmm. And it can be observed point blank when you have these simultaneous incarnations. So I've got a lot of science-based questions about how that works. And if there's anything that we can learn about consciousness and how it manifests in our world, like, for example, what is the mechanism of incarnating? How does that happen? I feel like the deeper I dig, I'm going to find something there. So there's going to be some kind of a study on this phenomenon, which again, the pop, the kind of pop culture terminology, twin flame, and a book from that, some type of a double blind study. I'm going to be working with somebody who has a credentialed background in science. I am, uh, I wouldn't say I'm an armchair fan of science. I'm definitely engrossed in science every day, somebody with some kind of research background, somebody I can connect with to help me design a legit study. Because this is real. And I know I'm sitting on this huge mountain of data that needs to be sifted through 6,000 students that I've personally coached.
1: I have someone for you, the previous guest of mine. Yeah. Mark, yeah, Mark Gober. He it studies consciousness and he's worked with a lot of like Harvard graduates and he has a podcast and he's written several books. And I think that you guys, like, he's all about Perfect. science. Yeah. I'll meet yeah. you guys. Yeah. <laughs> You're basically describing him in a nutshell.
2: <laughs> yeah. Hook him up. Yes. Give <laughs> me an email. And I that's will. exactly what I'm looking to do. I have a f- general idea of how to start, but I don't want to make any missteps. I want to make sure that there's proper controls in place. So I need a third party to help me kind of design that. Because again, my whole approach here is no, this is real law of attraction, twin flames. This is real stuff and it should be treated that way.
1: Where can listeners go to find you? I found, I love your YouTube channel, but I'm sure you're across all of the platforms.
2: Oh, I'm all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, that's the best place. YouTube there is my manifest your dream life playlist, mm-hmm. and there's another playlist called The Technology of Consciousness. If your listeners would care to join uh, a channel membership, that's the premium law of attraction teachings, mm-hmm. members only. And I think that's something they would want to do. Yeah, this again, this is real, and when you apply. The technology of consciousness to your life, you can change everything in your life. If you're not satisfied with your job or your relationships, your whole lot in life can change. I've got students that were in a hopeless situation. They felt like, there's no way I could ever move out of this country. They live in a country, what's their country of origin, and they're not satisfied with it. You can leave. And all they had to do was reprogram. So there's a lot of potential there to live in a better world and make your yeah. own world better. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely agree. It took, it took me a long time to realize that. And again, like I said, when we first started, I, I was miserable in my career. And yeah. One day I'm like, hey, I don't need to do this.
2: Yes. <laughs> if you change what's inside, yeah. the outside must match. Yes. It must do that. So yeah, go check out those playlists on my YouTube channel. That's the best place to start. Yeah.
1: And I'll link that in the in the show notes for listeners so that they can easily find that for you. Perfect. Perfect. I've loved having you on today and would love to welcome you back anytime that you want to join us here on The Soul Traveler. Thank you so much,
0: Kurt.
2: I'd like that. Thank you.
0: This podcast is brought to you by The Soul Experience, quantum healing hypnosis. Are you ready to embark on an inward journey of quantum healing? Quantum Healing Hypnosis is the most profound method of inner work and self-healing someone can do while on a spiritual path. In a single session, you experience past life regression, exploration between lifetimes, self-healing performed by your subconscious, release of trapped trauma, and answers to your most important life questions. Your higher self has a message for you and is here to help you and guide you on this life journey. Book a session today with Jennifer Mitchell at thesoulexperiences.com.